0: Welcome to the Project Future podcast for people looking to launch and build their own amazing business with me, Rob Kerr. A few years ago, I asked myself, how can people considering starting a business be confident they are making the right decision and how can they improve their chances of success? The answer has become my book titled Project Future, Six Steps to Success as Your Own Boss. A Facebook group called The Project Future Club, where we support each other to launch and build our own amazing businesses and this podcast, where every Tuesday a business owner shares their story, including great tips about what to do and what not to do when launching or growing a business to empower you to make better decisions on your own journey. You'll find the show notes and transcripts at robker.co.uk So in these uncertain times, if starting a business could be the right option for you and your family, read the book, join the Facebook group and enjoy the show. Now let's move on to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Project Future podcast. In this episode, I speak with Jaeger, a lawyer and marketing professional turned fashion illustrator who lives and works in the UK. Primarily working in the fashion industry since 2015, she specialises in using her art as a branding and visual communication tool in the language of luxury. She's worked with some of the world's top brands, including Vogue Arabia, Grazia, Diane von Furstenberg and Maison Ladurée. Her works have also covered walls at the Dubai Mall and been on display at perhaps the world's most iconic luxury department store, Harrods. Jaeger is the founder and creative director of Fashion Illustration Africa, the only online platform dedicated to championing and promoting the art of fashion illustration on the African continent. She's also on the board of the Association of Children's Authors and Illustrators in Nigeria, Acain for short. In this brilliant conversation, Jaeger explains how she initially sought a respectable job, what she overcame to publish her initial artwork, what social media has added to her journey, how she built momentum and realised fashion illustration could be a career, why learning every day is part of the job, how success was a mixture of serendipity and being prepared? Why she's still excited and has a sense of wonder about her work? The key to winning? That knowing an option exists is vital for young people? Why it's okay to say you don't know the answer? And finally, why people who start stuck-up businesses are not leprechauns? Jaeger's best advice is to talk to more business owners and learn from them. Let's have a listen. Hello, Jaeger, Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Rob. Happy to be here. How are you?
0: I'm well, thank you. I'm I'm very well, and uh, it's it's great to have you on the show. And uh, I absolutely love your your illustrations and everything that you have on your Instagram account. So I'd, I'd love to hear about you and how you got started.
1: Oh, thank you. First off, I'm really happy to be on podcast. I think it's such a necessary resource right now, even for people like me who are. Making that foray into business and being an entrepreneur in whatever sense that is, so I'm a fashion illustrator. People still ask me on a regular basis what exactly it is I do <laughs> and mm-hmm. so at, at the very you know basic part of it is I, I draw fashion and people don't realize that a lot of what you see in the stores or even the the ideas of the designers, it all starts on paper or now. Um, on a screen somewhere so it's just basically sketching out the 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 ideas of a designer or just making a design a bit more flamboyant or making it look beautiful if it's for adverts or commercial but really at the root of it it's just drawing clothes and I never thought that I would actually get to do that for a living (laughs) it's not something you really (laughs) think about we all wear clothes, but we don't think about the, you know, the aspects of the industry. So really lucky to have found something that I enjoy doing.
0: Yeah, I love it. And it's it's amazing how, you know, these journeys do start, isn't it? You know, in, in terms of the, the fashion side of things, because I can compare yes. that to my own experience in IT and how, you know, you'd, you'd start with a wireframe and then develop things from there. Mm. So mm. I, I dare say it's similar how, how that process starts before you know it goes through the journey of of production and then finally into the shops and onto onto people
1: yes and I, I mean even even as an illustrator there's so much I don't know about that um that part of the business and then when you do get into it you have to start respecting I think a bit more even those who are in retail because it's such a long winding supply chain and process and so many checks and things like that and then the pressure on the designers to continually um create something new it's fascinating I, I love the industry and I think it's um it's going through a hard time right now, but I think it's it's such it's such a wonderful place to be um, when it is all working well
0: absolutely so, so that's what you do now but you didn't start there did you so what what did mm-hmm. you do at, at university and and uh, and and straight afterwards?
1: Right. How much time do we have? <laughs> I definitely <laughs> did. I didn't start there. I, d- I didn't start in illustration. Um, I started in law. My dad's a lawyer. Funny enough, my dad also then went into um, business. So I actually grew up seeing my dad as a business owner. He went into uh, stocks and trading and things like that. But I just thought growing up, You know, you have to have a respectable job. And being from an African background in Nigeria, in Lagos, it's literally like there's four jobs. You're an engineer, you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, or you're a nurse or something like that or a pilot. You know, you have to have some sort of really white collar job. In in those days, I don't think, and I say in those days, the early 2000s, but a creative job wasn't anything that anybody aspired to so law was just okay you're quite chatty you love to read <laughs> you'd do well in law wouldn't you so literally that was why and then I oh my dad's a lawyer that'd be nice so it it was not very well thought out in terms of I love the job or i would interned or I tried it out and I get along really well in school so I did well in school so it wasn't too much trouble to get the degree but then coming out of the degree it was I was practicing for about six months and I was I was so bored. I I was so bored. I can't it, it was the thought of this is my life for the next 40 odd years, I I just couldn't cope. So I thought about it and I said, yes, the solution is I'll get another degree. That's what I need to do. So hello dad. Um I'm really tired of law now. I would like to please become a any mini, miny, mo went on the website. <laughs> ah, that's the yeah. course I want to do. That sounds like fun. International Management with Marketing. I'll apply for that. Got into the course, University of Exeter. Finished, I can't remember when it was now. It's, it's well over eight, nine years ago. And then thought, yes, now I'm ready. I like marketing. I love to interact with people. So I could see myself picking off all the different parts of myself and the things that give me my personality. But then I always thought I'd find that in a job. I never for once thought, what do you really want to do? What do you really like to do? So, um, you know, I, tr- I, I thought I'd start applying for jobs when I finished my degree. But then I met my husband as well. And we got married and very quickly was pregnant with my daughter. So now I'm on well maternity leave, but I'm home. And I just found I was really enjoying motherhood. But the thing was, I was also just not doing too much. And so my husband said, oh, you know, you're always sketching. And that's the funny thing. I've been doing this since I was a child. Any papers, any books, my law books, my whatever it was, I have a doodle or something on the front or on the back. And and anyone who's known me from when I was really young, they oh, you still do this. And that, I think that's how you realize that the, the things in your life, that don't fade away. And the things you just yeah. do naturally, instinctively, you don't think about doing them. And so what happened was, He said, you know what, you're always on social media talking to your friend um, because I have family back home as well in Lagos. You're always talking to them. Why don't you just post some of your artwork? And I cringed because another thing about me is I'm really, really not shy, but averse to, say, publicizing anything or being on camera or things like that. Um, And that's a work in progress. So I, I, was, I was like, nobody wants to see my artwork. Why would anybody want to see my artwork? But he, he you know, he just kept um, encouraging me. And finally I did, you know, and um, it was really, really a release for me. And so I start, and naturally, just naturally fell to sketching fashion. I can't tell you how that happened, why that happened, but I will say that social media is a really, really big part of that. Why is it a big part of that? Because it opened up my eyes to, Jobs I did not know existed, and I'm so thankful for that because I know there's a lot of highs and lows. There's a bad parts of social media, um, the bullying, the trolling, all those sorts of things. But I think Instagram has empowered literally millions of people in the decade or so that it's really been on the scene. I could, I finally got to see people sketching fashion. I was like, oh, this is a lovely dress. Why is she drawing that? Oh wait, she does this every day. This is her job. You know, so it it was it was a I think it was a light bulb moment for me. So I really started to do it out of enjoyment. It was not like a a plan. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draw fashion and then I'll do it forever. So when the first person um, approached me and just, you know, you get the email or or the direct message saying, hi, I really love what you're doing. Would you like to do this for us? This is the only budget we have. The first thing that hits you, somebody's willing to pay me to enjoy myself. Really? So, (laughs) Then it I mean, I was really blown away and I was really happy about it. So I, I thought, yeah, I'll take this on. And it just really snowballed from there and I never stopped doing it.
0: <laughs> so that's my story. That's amazing. It it really is. And uh, I, I love how you've you've gone through those those stages. And you know, if we, for the listeners going back to episode two with Danny, her journey into in the food started very similar, you know, with Instagram and how mm. you know just putting meal plans up there and, and putting up some photos of cakes and things. And then suddenly wow. there's that, that appreciation, that interest from the audience. Exactly. And suddenly the exactly. the audience finds you and yes. and then clearly it goes from there. And uh, what a great way to, to start. And so it was going to be one of my questions. So I'm glad you've covered it in terms of whether it was always a passion for you, like drawing yes. and whether it was something oh. that you always did. So just oh. just having that in the background all the way through. I can, yes. I can imagine your school books now or the, the, the covers of oh textbooks and things.
1: <laughs> it, it literally was. We'd be, we'd be sat in a lecture and I would be making a doodle of my friend and we'd be laughing. We we're not supposed to be doing that, obviously. But we did yeah. get our degree, so no worries. It, it's the sort of thing where it was just natural. There was no, I didn't have to force it. I didn't have to, you know, coerce myself to do it. It's something I naturally enjoy doing.
0: Um, And for people that aren't necessarily familiar with Instagram, Mm. how does that how does that tend to, to work? Because, you know, clearly there's many, many different models out there in, in terms yes. of social media, but Instagram yes. is mainly visual, isn't it? As a as It's a tool. mainly
1: visual. Exactly. And that's why it works really well for, I think those who are um, creatively inclined. So if it's, if it's art, you don't really, I mean, Twitter is more maybe a wordsmith or anything else, but I think Instagram, why it succeeds is that it's just a visual feast. And you can literally discover something just by scrolling up and you see something you've never seen before, whether that's a dress or, or shoes, or as you said, even, even food. I think so many um, um, chefs and business owners have succeeded because then they could show the product in a way that's just, it's just focused on that product. You don't have to do too much. You just have to make sure you make it appealing. And then finding like-minded people, it's created little micro communities who might not have found themselves um, as easily anywhere else that could be from India to Lagos and everybody is on one page or you know focusing and 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 talking and and relating with each other so I think it's been amazing at least for me I I, I've only seen the positives I'm going to be honest
0: yeah I I love that side of the internet you know how it does bring about a global community and allows people to you know, literally with a with a, a keyword or a, a, a small kind of search or a hashtag, or yes. whatever it may be, <laughs> yeah. to, to find a community that are interested in the stuff that you're interested mm. in. You know, I, mm. I, I find that fascinating, and it's something that we've we've never had the opportunity to do before in history. Cool. So yeah. it's um, yeah. yeah, it's very 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 exciting to be able to do that. So you, you said it snowballed.
1: So how did things snowball for you? Um, I think I think it was literally just after that first realization that this can be a career you can do this you you can make a living off of it in some form I was just thinking if I could just do this part-time it'd be it'd be wonderful because I still had plans to go back to my old crutch which was you know you're in employment you're safe you have something to fall back on and um I do credit that to the way I was raised I, I I was never told you could you know start your own business it wasn't even something I'd ever dreamed of So for me, it was just very much do really well in school, get a really good job. And then, you know, you rise up and become maybe CEO, you know, but it's always the sort of thing where you have to start from employment. That was the only way I ever saw. So I think um, the snowballing of this was when I started to have enough work to actually have a week where I'm, I'm working and I'm earning. Now, that did not happen quickly so just to let anybody Mm -hmm. out there realize it didn't happen quickly this was probably 2014 into 2015 it was a slow burn it was a slow roll um and I'm happy for that because I'm self-taught so I hadn't I don't have a degree in illustration so there was the learning and sometimes when I bring out my old sketchbooks and things like that I literally have a really good laugh it was really bad (laughs) but for that time I was doing the best I could Um, So I started getting, what I noticed was I started to get more little jobs, taking them on. And then I said, oh, I need email for this. Oh, I better get a website then. Uh, Obviously, a website can be a whole new world, IT, not one of my strong points. One of the areas that I really struggle is change. I really don't like change. And I can't believe I'm saying this, Uh, 60 years into business or, or, or more, and I really still don't like change. I don't even like changing my phone. So for me, I didn't like to change systems. I didn't want to figure out SEO or any of those other things. I just really wanted to, here's my work. And then can somebody please like this? You know, so I, I, I found that a lot of the challenges I had in the snowballing period, because when people start saying, can you do this? And you go, mm-hmm. I really can't do that. Google, how do I do this? You have to learn every day. I found myself learning every day. I had to learn the lingo. I had to learn about new new mediums, of, of doing, new ways of creating my work. I had to move from paper-based artwork to digital. And it's so funny how, as much as I hate change, I found myself completely immersed in digital illustration now. So I still start off with a sketch, but a lot of my work is very digital. And it shows how if you allow yourself to see things in a different way you you'd be surprised that it'd be so seamless the way you you'd you'd adapt so um so that's why I mean by it snowballed I started taking on new apps new ways of working I I had to get help so whether it's um taxation app I realized there was taxation I didn't have to do wait for my employer to do all my taxes for me now I'm saddled with my taxes you know so It sounds like a lot of work, but this is genuinely the snowball. It's not just, oh, I got this job and that job, and it was wonderful. But there was a lot of growth. There was a lot of learning involved. And I think that really happened between 2015 and then 2017, because 2017 is where I think it was a mixture of serendipity. I don't know, just being at the right place at the right time and then being prepared for what happened. Um, Because 2017, I really started to see... Not just more jobs, but the kind of jobs that I dreamt of doing in in my life when I was younger. Because I'd always loved fashion, so I dreamt of Vogue or any of those sorts of magazines and high fashion brands. And then to see that start to happen for me was a real. It was a real push to continue, because I think a lot of the times you get this, you know, just go and get a real job, go and get a real job, and that's the voice in the back out. of your head is that real job. I always and I. I don't know if this is just me or maybe some of your other guests have had this on the show, but sometimes I get friends still ask me what I like. So do you do anything else? Like they don't believe that you could ever feed yourself based off fashion illustration because it looks really silly, doesn't it? It looks like something that you can't do as a full-time job, especially if it's drawing fashion. I realize people respect maybe children's book illustrators or illustrators for National Geographic. But if you're drawing fashion, people take it just that little bit it can't be a serious job this is too much fun for you to get paid for you know it's
0: fascinating isn't it and and that's the Mm. mindset of the entrepreneur you know that (laughs) that you can actually do that and there is a micro niche out there that somebody needs that to be served you know so Mm. I love what you've said there and you know how it takes time it really does take time and but none of these these challenges don't come overnight. Uh, I dare say you you know, you weren't doing the website and learning about tax in the same week. You know, there's oh, no. there's 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 time to, to do it. And by the time in, in twenty seventeen when those mm. those big jobs came along, you'd built that platform and yes. you know, you were you were ready. If if those you know, those people might have looked on your site in twenty fifteen perhaps Oh and, no! They're not book me. <laughs> not quite ready, but that's it, isn't it? But there's there's a time and a place, and by by doing all that work and 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 learning in the way that you did, mm. and doing those things that probably are a distraction. You know, the the, yes. the, the website was probably a distraction. The the, oh, the accountant di- distraction, but it has to be done, mm. and and to to build the platform so that you can then thrive as as you have done. So exactly. Uh, so no, it's it, it's wonderful, and the the mindset of the, of the entrepreneur, as I say, is is so different to that of, mm. of an employee and and yes. just the, the the doubt that's that's constantly there i think you know and will probably never go away for for many of us no. i've certainly <laughs> in that boat you know it's 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 always in the back of your mind it may be small yes. uh but it's it's always there that it's, mm. am i doing the right thing am i doing the right thing so no it's uh I've, i love it so so what's happened from from 2017 onwards, in terms of, of, of Vogue and, and what stories have you had and, and projects have you
1: worked on? A lot of them have been um, exciting, I think, just because these are things maybe you've read or you've worn or you've um, you know just sort of aspired to, and you don't think you'd ever cross paths with um, businesses like this. Especially when you set out to be a lawyer, you just think it's going to be a judge and cases all your life. So. I think the first time I re- I think I went to Dubai for a conference. It was an art conference. And while I was there, I had um, just an email come into my phone and it was for some event that was happening at the Dubai mall. It was supposed to be a really big fashion event and they wanted me to come to Dubai, literally to sketch. That's literally it. So I, I was i was a bit blown away that, okay, it's fine. If somebody finds me in England, that's that's a bit, well, oh, that's expected, right? That's where I live. But then to actually have people go, we're really excited about your work. We want you to come and live sketch um, some of our esteemed customers, want you to be part of the event, you know, and creating artwork for that. It was really wonderful. So I did that 2017, I think about twice. And before I knew it, I started to make um, lots of friends in the Middle East, in Dubai, a lot of contacts in the fashion industry. And it's such an exciting scene there because while at that time it wasn't as full blown as it is now, because I think we're seeing so much growth in different industries. But um, there was a real hunger for creativity in the arts and just always something new. And I think that's what I love about the Middle Eastern um, fashion scene is, is there's always something exciting happening. So I, I traveled over. I was able to sketch for Vogue Arabia um, I created some artwork for them and it was it was basically like a, a map of the event a really illustrated map um, so everyone who would come for that event in the mall of the Emirates these are the different malls in Dubai w- literally had my artwork in their hands and they could like it was almost mm-hmm. like a not a treasure hunt but you could win prizes here you could do this there so it was me kind of collating all the things they planned into an illustrated map so that was challenging but the result was amazing and then to be doing it with Vogue and Dianne von Furstenberg and all the other brands that are so renowned um for me was just and it it was in a split second so um anything can happen you don't know what tomorrow will bring you don't know who will come across your work so I think that's the part the not giving up and then from there I um started to work with a wonderful a designer called Jennifer Shimandi and she launched her brand and we had an installation in Harrods. I'm just trying to think of some that I I was really excited about when they happened Um, and even yeah last summer British Vogue came along and I was um, and it wasn't such that maybe my work was you know part of a list and then they picked me out. It was literally the art director really loved my work off Instagram again you know and just said yeah. look you know what we have this new platform for beauty we're starting could you do a few illustrations for us and for me that was really the highlight of my year I think it was really really lovely to be recognized that way and to have your work um shown in that in that light so yeah it's it's something where I've seen the hard work pay off in terms of the satisfaction I mean you're not going to be a, a super billionaire if you're a fashion illustrator but the the satisfaction is, second to none when you're doing something that you really love and you're doing it sustainably. You're doing it in a way that it's, it's keeping you interested in what you're doing, but it's also paying the bills. It's it, that doesn't always happen, you know? So it's, it's been a great journey so far. And then January or was it December? I got to draw, cause that's one thing I always wanted to do was sketch royalty. And Sheikamoto is the a royalty in, in Qatar. She's a Qatari um, queen. And she also is the kind of a patron for Fashion Trust Arabia. So um, I was asked to create some really special illustrations for her, for best outfits. And she's a style star, really. She is. She's an icon. So that was a really important job because the way she's portrayed is so important. So having the opportunity to do that with a team all the way in Qatar, some of them are in Lebanon. You're working across continents, Seamlessly through your iPad or your laptop or whatever it is, it's it's just it's amazing to me. And every day I wake up with a bit of wonder, with a bit of excitement in my in my belly for what I'm doing, and I'm I'm thankful to be able to do that.
0: I love it, and I I can really hear your passion as well as you you talk about all of those projects and and you know and how exciting it is for you and and yeah, it's I'm excited listening to it as well. <laughs> and I I don't have an artistic bone in my body, but it's, no, um, I, I love. But I, I, I can see how you know how it all works, and yes. and how, how each project must be so different for you as well in terms of the, mm-hmm. the brief, the requirements, and oh. the audience.
1: Yes, yes. I, you know, it's funny that you raised that because that's one of the most. I think that's one of the bits that people don't understand about illustration. And sometimes on the days when I'm really frustrated and not very happy, I I think you know what? I wish I was just a fine artist. Who had, you know, a gallery showing and this is what I've created, buy it or leave it. <laughs> I've had I've had one <laughs> of those days. Because as an illustrator, you have you you have a different client, a different temperament, a different style, a different everything changes with every single brief. So it's never the same. It's never the same job every single day. Um, But I think when I look back now and and I was thinking about, you know, the questions that I might come across in the podcast, I realized that one thing I really did not like, especially in my legal career, my six month legal career, was it was the same thing. It was the same processes, especially when you start off as a junior lawyer. You're doing the same, you know, search through the same dusty books and then the same platforms it, it was it for me for me I, I don't mean to knock any of the wonderful people in the legal sector it's just the thing is if it's not for you it's not for you. So what I realized is I like the excitement of not knowing. I like the oh what's what's it going to be next? Yay it's not just the same processes every time. So for me that's part of why I love illustration is because it gives me butterflies in my tummy every day. That I it might be worry sometimes, it might be excitement sometimes, but it keeps you really alive keeps that spark Um, and I think that's what I enjoy most about my job
0: yeah I I can really empathize with you there there's a section in in my book that talks about uh, building or maintaining and I think there's there's a big difference between those two and the two personalities that that kind of work with those you know as a as a project manager I've always wanted to be doing something fresh and creating something different and no two projects are ever the same whereas uh, the the maintain side of things Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, nothing's the same. Even if they're, even if they're working with the same people, you're still going to be Hmm. doing a, a different product at the end of the day. And it will be for a different audience, even within the same company. But yeah. the the maintain side of things, once the project's done and is kind of pushed over the fence, it's uh-huh. um, it, it, it suits a different type of person. And and I was I was never that type of person, you know. So mm. it's, so I can absolutely empathise with you in, in terms of finding what works for you. I think we're so lucky now because there are so many options out there. And I should say, saying, yeah, at, at the start, you didn't know. I didn't know. I I didn't know. I didn't have a clue till I was in my mid twenties what I wanted to do. And uh, mm. I think the Mm. The angle on that, and how hopefully people can get more and more aware of of the options, and how how diverse the career landscape can be. Yes, um, is now it's mm. a, a big big challenge. So, and it's that's a whole another yeah. story we could, we could go <laughs> no, into. No, um, I, I
1: I love what you're saying, <laughs> and I think it's also important to tell younger people, especially if you're not over thirty. I don't think there's any pressure to think this is what I want to be forever. You know, I mean, you have to just take your time. And I think some people know, there are people like that who know from the get-go what they want to be and they are that thing. Some other people fall into what they're supposed to be and there's nothing wrong with exploring and trying. And I saw like, you know, in your book, like trial, just try something and know if it suits yeah. you. And and what I really loved about, I, I've just gotten started on the book and I mean, well done for that. It's, it's something I'm so glad you sent it to me, honestly, because I think it's one of these, <laughs> it's one of these moments. You're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe God knew I needed this or something. <laughs> you said you were talking about the sorted framework, and and that whole self evaluation and being open to change. I think that two things that if I'd known that really early on, I probably would have saved myself about a three four year journey. Might have saved myself a few fees and degrees and things like that. You know, because those are two areas that I struggle looking at myself really honestly. Don't tell yourself what you want to hear or what you think is right or what maybe even your parents think is right, you know, and and being open to change. It's okay to say you don't want to be a lawyer anymore and this is what you want to do. It's okay to think, oh, that looks interesting and moving in that direction. Um, And those are the proactive people. I think those are the, the guys who get ahead of everybody else and then they're ahead of the curve and they're always winning because they're ready to change.
0: No, I, I agree, and I, I think there's there's so much of that that can be done in a safe environment as well. Um, you know that mm. you, you don't need to, you don't need to resign from a, a job and and try something new to explore those things. Um, and you know that. where where you got started, you know on on mm. on maternity, you know when just with your Instagram account and and yeah, you got traction from there. You yeah, know, that's yeah. If you didn't get the traction, then you wouldn't have done it. I'm sure.
1: I would. <laughs> so and can I be honest? Yeah. Can I be honest? Also, having yeah. a second income from my husband as well. <laughs> that certainly support. helps, and
0: mm. it certainly helps. And that's that's why I talk about the the impact side of things. It's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's teamwork for a lot of people. It's it's teamwork, and it's it's taking the right level of risk for the individual mm. as well. I think that, that's mm. so so key. So yes. Yeah that's brilliant. I I'd love you to tell me a bit more about um Fashion Illustration Africa and your vision for that.
1: Okay, so um Fashion Illustration Africa basically is an online platform at the moment. I mean, COVID and all the things going on it's not really allowing it to be um as, you know, in person interactive as I would like it to be. Um but it's very focused on the African continent, you know, having my whole life, you know, started in, in Lagos, you know, and, and early years and things like that. It's the sort of thing where I realised that shaping, shaping a, a, an industry to be attractive is so important for young people, so they know that there is this option. Because I have to, I have to give a lot of credit to my location. If I was not living where I'm living, right, I would not be doing fashion illustration. So, for example, if I was living in Lagos. I probably wouldn't even if I was doing it, it'd be a side job, or it would be something that I'm just persevering to do because I love it. There's a lot of there's a lot of hurdles in front of African creatives, especially in the area of illustration, because um the fashion industry there is really growing. I mean, at a a wonderful rate right now. There's e-commerce, there's so much going on there. But it's being left behind because the arts, is it's always being seen as something that you just kind of do if you couldn't get into one of the esteemed courses you know what I mean so it's not something that people did as a first choice but as I said I've seen and been on social media for, for years now I've seen lots of people go oh how did you do that hi could you teach me this could you teach me that and I I don't have a teaching bone in my body I'm okay with homeschooling. Thank you so much. My four and six-year-old keep me very busy. <laughs> so I just, I just realized. I think it was especially with the pandemic last year. I, I just realized I, I don't just want to, you know, book job after job and yay, that was it. How do I impact somebody else who might be asking these questions and I don't have answers for them because I can't help everybody individually. But I realized that if we could create a community, just like what you're doing in this podcast, is. There's people who need this and are coming here every week to listen, and they're getting empowered, so I just thought let let me let's see if we can find a place where illustrators of African descent with the mindsets with the with the skills with the different kinds of uh life situations can gather and really glean off each other and create job opportunities and um for the first time, we were able to get somebody to say, "Oh, I need an illustrator that can do print for me. We're creating jobs now for people who are on the on the platform and we're doing sketch challenges and people are finding out about other artists in their area and where they live and I'm just really hoping that this will spiral because the point of it is promoting illustration in Africa as a real job as something that the burgeoning fashion um, industry needs because if you're having all these designers they know for sure that they're using illustrators but are we getting that that moment you know to shine and to say oh these are the guys who help us to get to where we need to be you know, everybody needs an illustrator, but we don't necessarily get the glory for, you know, the designs or getting things to market and stuff like that. And um, the, the the demographics in Africa right now, a good chunk of the population, well over 70% and 25. So it's a really, really young population. Um, the creative economy is coming in. I mean, it's, it's going to be, I think it's the next frontier for Africa as well. And so if they're not prepared, we're looking at mass unemployment and there's so many people who are interested in arts and in film photography, all sorts of things. And Fashion Illustration Africa is a great mesh for that because you still need photographers to work with the illustrators. You still need them to work with the designers. So it's becoming a real hub. We have some patrons from all over the world, from Middle East, from the UK and and some from Africa. So I'm hoping that it's only been three months in. We launched in October. And I'm really hoping that it continues to grow and we can empower young people. And I can hopefully, you know, pass on some skills with the other artists. There are a lot of other wonderful artists on there as well.
0: No, I, I love it. And it fits so well with, with what, you know, as well. So mm. you know, I, I can't, mm. I, I can't imagine there's many better place people to to be champ- championing that cause um, you. Than, than you. So uh, congratulations you. Uh, for it. and And I wish you, i wish you every success i think it's oh, it's very very exciting and 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 certainly with you know with our family links in in vietnam i can i can empathize with uh with, with a lot of of what you've said and yes, how yes how people are there they're talented it's just it's just the opportunity and
1: exactly yep yeah, exactly there, so exactly
0: that's brilliant and and there's one other group that that you're a member of as well the uh, children's authors illustrators
1: Yes, yes. So um, a cane is basically, it was set up. So it's just an association of children's authors and illustrators in Nigeria. As I said, this, you see the same sort of pattern where there's a lot of talented people. There's a lot of people who want to write for children or who want to illustrate for children, which I've got the opportunity to do as well. Um, with, no, with no training, I have no background in it. It's, except for the Enid Blyton books and things I used to read when I was little. <laughs> um, I mean, they were a great help, to be honest. They really frame my creative mind. So they reached out and said, look, we, we have five um, um, authors. We'd, we'd love an illustrator to be on the board. So we've we've got that going. We have a first event coming up in a few months, you know, teaching people about how to write for children, you know, how to illustrate for children, how to get started, how to find a printer, how to grow your business, getting you know children also involved in reading so it's really for- fulfilling I think also because I have children at that age so my daughter came to me when the first book I illustrated came and she was like oh I love that mommy did you draw that so now she knows drawing is a job she can sketch yeah. for a living that's what my mommy does and to me that's one of the most fulfilling things I think in my life like right now is the fact that I've given my daughter the sense of mommy's working on something she loves and she's, she's, she's happy doing it and you can do it too. If you want to, it's not just what you learn in school. School is so important, but she really pays attention to her talents. And she says things like, I want to own a shop. (laughs) I would never have said that growing up because, you know, she, she's aware she can own things. She's aware that she can start things. It doesn't have to be something handed to her. Um, so, I think that um, that's that's really what, what spurred me on is the fact that it was necessary, it wasn't available and now we're making it available.
0: Yeah, I, I, I love it. I really do. And to, for, to have those two different angles that you're looking at as well mm. uh, along alongside the day job, you must be very, very busy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, mean, I mean,
1: do you know what? I don't think I am very busy, but I think I, I'm very excited about where I am. But I also then uh, look at the areas in which I need to to really grow. Um, And I think I'm going to be reading your book anyways. It's about systems Mm -hmm. and structures and frameworks and outsourcing things you're not good at and using the digital tools at your disposal. So another thing, another reason why I love to, you know, rub minds with people is because you learn things. Um, so I, you you might not believe I've learned so much from you, the way you approached the whole podcast, setting it up, um, being able to build rapport that quick. I, I mean, I guess that's something that happens naturally for you. Maybe that's why you're doing this, but also just when you get in contact with people who are also in business, you, you, you pick up a few tips along the way. So one thing I'm trying to do now to really take advantage of all the things happening around me is not to be a loner and to ask questions it's okay to look stupid sometimes it's okay to say you don't know and and then you don't miss out
0: i, I couldn't agree more I, I think that's a it's it's a wonderful way to approach things as well because yeah. we we're, we're all learning i think everybody's everybody's learning and uh have to just learn all the time and just just take those those opportunities you know i took an hour or two out yesterday to mm. um, to you know do some online training um something took my fancy on facebook and i i I clicked and um, and joined joined the course you know i I literally clicked and eight minutes later i was on the webinar you know (laughs) it's amazing uh, yeah but i i felt you know so much better afterwards because i thought okay that's an area that i can improve and you know it's we're, we're all a work in progress and I, I think having that that visibility to know that you know that helps growth and, and continued vision as well and to, to continue moving forward
1: it really does it really does and it will take you from place to place so I started with fashion drawing then I did book illustration then I thought oh, I'll start, start a platform and you never know what's next
0: uh, it's, it's wonderful and I've, I've loved talking with you today and i wish you every success uh, <laughs> going forwards thank you so much you're most welcome so before we finish uh, there's four questions that i ask every guest on the show so i'd i'd love to know what's the best piece of advice you'd give to somebody thinking about starting their own business today
1: mm, that's a that's a really good question i think if i was to say what i what i would advise would be talk. Talk to more experienced business owners in your circle, outside your circle. Even if they're in a different industry, they're very similar hurdles that an entrepreneur will face. Now, this could be business-wise, it could be emotionally in your head, that battle you said in your head about always worrying, that niggling worry, of, will it work, won't it work? And the advice you get can really save you lots of pain, future stress. It could really be the difference between succeeding and failing. So i say talk to um, more experienced business owners are people who've traveled that path before.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And even if someone's journey isn't going to be the same as, as, as yours or wasn't the same mm. as yours, there will certainly be there'll be some advice there. And, and as you say, talk to talk to multiple people, because I think oh, there'll yeah. be There'll be different benefits that you can get from from different people and and some of their story won't apply or won't be relevant yeah. but there, there, there will be some that will will help you just get there that bit faster so yeah. you know, I think that's yeah. that's brilliant advice so and what do you know now uh, that you wish you knew when you first started your business?
1: I, I really wish I knew that it was possible as simple as that that it was possible that I could do I could do more than I realized at the time. If I'd known I'd I'd have started so much earlier, I probably would have done um, a degree earlier in illustration and saved myself the learning, the learning time, because I do believe that education is key and it will propel you. So just realizing that you you can start a business, all the people starting business, they're not leprechauns, they're not, they're not, you know, superhuman, the people who have determination and, and decided to give it a try
0: yeah that's wonderful it really is and i i think that it's so simple it's so so simple but it's it's so effective and you know mm. i studied the wrong degree as well i i've I, you ah. know perhaps wasted those years and and didn't necessarily go down the right route so mm. um so yeah I, I i absolutely see you know where that's that's key and how we can all do our our bit now to yeah. to help others to to kind of get that step ahead and, and to to get on the right path uh more quickly i think more it's, quickly. Uh, it's, it's such a key thing. So. that's brilliant and um is there a resource so a book a podcast uh, a website anything it may be that you would recommend to people either in your industry or indeed more generally
1: i think yeah i think in terms of things that you you would need i think you need different things for different parts of your life um definitely when it comes to the the industry bit of it if anybody's interested in maybe knowing more about the African fashion industry, I'd recommend Industry Africa, and it's industry with an I E, not a Y. It's really wonderful. They're they're ahead of the game in the e-commerce and in telling you more about what's happening now. It's kind of like the business of fashion for Africa. So. Business of fashion as well is a great resource, entrepreneur.com, just for all those things that we suffer and we love to read about in an article and be like, yes, I'm not alone. Um, and I also think that literally your emotional state and your spiritual state, so whatever that is for you, if it's meditation, a lot of my friends go, you know, meditating, reading inspirational books. I was raised as a Christian. I love to read the Bible. I get lots of ideas from it. That could be, it could be focus groups. It could be joining um, podcasts like this there's so many things you can find if you're just looking for it so don't think you have to solve all the problems yourself i think if people already have learned something just read it
0: <laughs> absolutely and, and the internet is wonderful for that now as we were talking Oof. about earlier on you know yes. the, the 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 depth of of conversations that are taking place out there on any mm-hmm. specific subjects is um yeah the 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 information is is there and available um so yes, yes seek i think is a is, is a great thing to, to to say so no that's that's excellent and um and finally then is there a guest that you'd recommend uh to come on a future episode of the show
1: in terms of someone who i really respect their their, their journey and what they've done um, would be someone I consider a friend now who started out as a client. Uh, her name is Jennifer Shimandi bergosian and she is a shoe designer, British shoe designer. And basically she'd, she'd made the same sort of pivot from I think it was a career in finance and she just realized I really love um, shoes and I, I want to design shoes. So with a few courses, she, she branched out and she started her shoe line. And in about four years, What she's done is amazing. She's stocked in Harrods and Browns and uh, in the Middle East and in so many other places. And she's doing just absolutely amazing. She's been seen on British royalty. Her shoes have been seen on uh, Stylish Women Worldwide. And she's a mom of of twins, you know, so I can identify with her story in so many ways. Um, So I think she'd be a great guest. Yeah.
0: Wow, sounds amazing! I'd I'd love to speak with Jennifer and and dig more into that story because uh, there's a sure. huge amount there, and again, not too dissimilar to you in a relatively short space of time to 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 get so far and um, oh, and to achieve so much. So uh, so yeah, that's that's wonderful. And and if people want to find out more about you, uh, where where should they go? What should they look up?
1: So if you're social media inclined, it's um, Jaeger Illustrations with an S. Um, on Instagram that's my handle or you can go to Um and I'd really encourage anybody who's interested in fashion even if you've never heard about African fashion before fashionillustrationafrica.com is our website and um, we also have a page on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else by the same name Fashion Illustration Africa and it's just a really daily dose of color and print lovely things so yeah please follow along.
0: Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. It's been absolutely enlightening talking with you today, and uh, yeah, I, I wish you every success going forwards on your journey. Thank you, Yeager.
1: Oh, thank you, Rob. Really enjoyed it.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love Yeager's story, and as I mentioned a few times, I can empathise with much of her journey, even though my skill set and path have been completely different to hers. There's a certain uniformity to the entrepreneur journey, and similar challenges we all have to overcome. And I think Jaeger articulated it brilliantly here. From those early publications on Instagram, to see how she's overcome self-doubt and thrived in such a variety of projects is great to see. The name of this episode, Knowing It's Possible, was an easy one to choose. The silence after she says that had me awestruck when I listened back. It's so simple, but at the same time one of the biggest challenges all business owners have to overcome. Another exciting thing is the stage of the cycle she's got to now, and her two projects where she's giving something back. Fashion Illustration Africa, and Akane, the Association of Children's Authors and Illustrators in Nigeria, are wonderful causes that will help inspire the next generation. I wish her every success. If this episode has inspired you to pursue the idea of starting your own business, start today with my three-minute quiz at robcurr.co.uk forward slash quiz. On next week's episode, I speak with book publicist and marketer Ben Cameron on pitching for success. So subscribe now to get notified of this on Tuesday morning. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep launching and building those amazing businesses that give you satisfaction and balance.